to another live stream. Hello, welcome. Glad you could make it, folks. Glad to have you here on another live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. For those that don't know, we do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I'm very excited for tonight because I have a special guest on that we're going to dig into a topic that I think is really important and really interesting. But before we introduce our guest, who is Dr. Robert Faust, uh, before we get into all that, let's make sure we have the giveaway lined up. Um, I purposely did a giveaway that I thought folks would really like. So we're giving away an Amazon puffer today, um, which I hoped would draw a lot of people into the stream because I think that what we're going to talk about is going to be pretty interesting for real fish geeks. Now, it's a, it's a fairly focused topic, so... For folks that aren't into fish nutrition and things like that, this is going to be a snoozer. But for anyone into fish health and fish nutrition, this should be uh, a pretty interesting stream, I think. So I'm going to announce the giveaway and such, and then I will go straight into introducing our guest so we don't waste any time because his time's valuable and we don't get a chance to meet with someone like this and get an in-depth look at a topic like this very often. So, okay, hang on. My, 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 everything's a little different because I've got this set up for a guest, but here's the giveaway. If you want to win an Amazon puffer, um, then enter in the comments, hashtag puffer. Pretty easy. <laughs> you know, I'm going to change that. I'm going to change that. Just in honor of our new guest, we're going to make it hashtag fulvic acid. Hang on. Let me retype this. I should have thought about that before. There we go. Sorry, guys. Everyone typing puffer. I'm sorry. Nix that. Hashtag fulvic acid. There it is. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to bring up our guest here. So hello, Robert. Thanks for joining us. We can all see you now, Doc. Okay, good. Hello. Although the, the image is frozen, but you're looking great. All right. <laughs> um, so I became aware of uh, Dr. Faust when, let's see here, it was probably back in 2011. I just moved to Sheridan, Wyoming, and I was bringing in a bunch of bettas and I was concerned about their health. I was trying to find a way to make them acclimate to captivity better and quicker. And so I started digging in and I found this research where um, folks had taken AB tests and taken, say, a bunch of carp or a bunch of catfish or another fish and divided the population in two and introduced Aramonas to both populations on purpose. So they were infected with an Aramonas bacteria. And um, one population was fed a food that had fulvic acid in it, and the other was not. And the results were kind of astounding. The population that was fed the uh, food with fulvic acid in it recovered from the Aramonas very, very quickly. And, well, I, I won't say very, very quickly, but had a lot less mortality than the other ones. So they did, they did much better. 
And so knowing that a lot of the bettas I was getting come from black water habitats, which lots of tannins in the water and things, I started thinking, well, this might be a missing ingredient. And I started using it. And I didn't do any full scientific tests or A-B testing or anything like that. But anecdotally, I, I noticed a difference. So folic acid has kind of been part of my regimen since then. And when I was researching where to get this stuff, I bought a lot of uh, black powders that stained everything. And I tried lots of products. I eventually came across this and I've been using it ever since. It's called Full Power. It's by BioAg. And it doesn't stain anything. It's super simple to use. And that's how I got to, I, I first ran into Dr. Faust uh, through email when I was asking questions about this product and asking about what the um, benefits of folic acid were and things like that. We had a lengthy conversation. And then we've recently reconnected in the last couple of weeks and decided it would be a good idea to have him on to talk about this in depth. So welcome, Dr. Faust. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, you bet. I'm glad to be here because, you know, I, like, I saw your YouTube and you were talking about the full power, fulvic, and it's a particularly important subject, really, because uh, of the um, much more importance of aquaculture and also ornamental fish uh, production as well as uh, aquaculture, because, you know, we're trying to raise something under unnatural conditions and it really relates to what we do in hydroponics um in fact we i've been involved in this uh, subject of humic substances for nearly 50 years and uh, at first it was just anecdotal we didn't know why it worked we just knew it did and uh as the science evolved and in this uh a lot of researchers all over the world um more and more information was developed. But uh, I was involved in trials with uh, that were <coughs> uh, partially subsidized by the Dutch government uh, a few years back uh, with uh, dairy dairy cattle and mm -hmm. uh, baby pigs. And the whole idea and the reason they're interested is because they're looking for a way to reduce antibiotics to hormones in livestock uh, rations and, uh, you know, the pollution associated with that, uh, constant dosing with antibiotics, what we call rescue chemistry, really. Uh, and now, you know, the world is uh, kind of saturated with pesticides and hormones and superbugs. And it's out now shifting more to do uh, understanding, you know, immune response. And, uh, and that's where this is coming from. But it doesn't matter. People ask me what kind of animal or plant will work on the plant, that animal. It's basically if it's got cells, it will work. Now, but, how does it work? I know it's a chelating agent. So um, my understanding is it just allows cells to uptake uh, essential, say, vitamins and minerals and things. Uh, efficiently so the cell gets the proper nutrients that but that's the extent of what i know and that might even be wrong so can you go into how it actually does what its actual function is yeah. well it, it's quite complex i don't know whether you can whether i'm alive whether you can see anything. i can't see i just see oh. a, a frozen picture of your beautiful mug but okay. the video i'm just seeing a picture I, of you yeah i'm I sorry i hold something up there but anyway this is quite 
complex. And you're talking about something that is diverse. That's what I was going to hold up here. It's, it's the uh, structure of, of humic substance. And, and uh, it's a very large and complex structure. And it, it's composed of quinone groups, amino acids, lignin degradation products. Uh, carbohydrates, indole, amino sugars. Amino. So anyway, a whole bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, humic uh, recent research with new improved equipment uh, for testing what they call spectroscope analysis and uh, Fourier transform uh, spectroscope analysis and carbon NMR technology. When I started out, this didn't exist, but now uh -huh. we know that uh, there's 800 different compounds that have been shown in humic, so-called humic substances or humic acid. Okay. And, and so, so fulvic acid is a refined humic acid. Is that right? It's, it's the goodness well, taken out. Is that correct? No, it, it's fulvic acid. It's defined as the acid-soluble fraction of humic substances. So it, it's a oh, chemical defined as a fraction. So within that fraction, it, it is a whole range. I mean, it's very simplistic. It's, it's the acid-soluble fraction of uh, humic substances. And humic substances are the end product of decomposition by microorganisms. So this is what we're talking about when we're talking about, um, say, black water, rivers, um, say the Rio Negro or something where there's so much yeah. tannin in the water, right? So we're all familiar with tannins in this hobby. Tannins are humic substances, correct? And a small percentage of those are fulvic acid? Well, or tannins not? are one of those 800 different compounds. Oh, acid. got it, got it. And then, mm. then, you, then you get down to fulvic. And fulvic in Latin means is fulvicus. It means brass or gold color. Okay, mm -hmm. which this so, is, so yeah, it's acid soluble one because it's acid, fulvic acid. So it's got a pH of three point eight. Our product does. Uh, it's golden yellow, and that's what fulvus fulvicus means in Latin, or fulvic mm -hmm. fulvic. It means it's Latin from fulvicus. So it's mm -hmm. it's a, a color. If, if it isn't gold and yellow, and it's not acidic, can't be fulvic acid. Got it. Okay. We're yeah. The acid. first thing I tried with was humic. I, I got humic substances and it was this black powder and I put it in my tanks and it was just this, I couldn't see a thing. It was a big mess. So <laughs> I got off that pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah. Cause see, that's defined as the, the fraction that's soluble in alkaline and not uh, acid. So uh -huh. let's say you put that in acid water, it's just going to drop out and you have this black sludge. Okay, so hum so the humic stuff is alkaline and fulvic acid is is acidic, a pH of about three. Right. Yeah. Okay, got and, it. Got it. And so, for instance, you know, we have a standard. I'm a member of the International Humic Substance Society, and uh, they have you can buy uh, fulvic acid standards, which we, what we use in testing, so we mm -hmm. can standardize our test methodology, and that comes from. <laughs> the Suwannee River. Same, they go out every year at exactly the same time, and they collect water from the Suwannee River. Now, that's the river that flows out of Oka Kanofi Swamp. Yeah, I've heard a song about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Al Jolston or something. Suwani. <laughs> but anyway, it, it's a uh, consistent, uh, very, very consistent source of, of fulvic acid. It never varies. Uh, so you have. Oh, OK. Water. So that's the standard. Yeah. Yeah. You have water that's teak colored. As a, it's kind of a teak colored. And that's the low molecular weight humic substances. And it's the only ones that are going to be soluble in water and stay soluble in water. So, so, so let's let's break it down to, to what aquarists are specifically interested to. So, so far, yeah. I understand there's many, many different compounds. Fulvic acid is one of them, and it's the part of this that's soluble in acid. It's a golden color. I'm a fish. I'm stressed out. What does it do for me? How does what does it do to the fish itself to benefit the fish? Okay. Well, I'll read you a direct quote from a, from a paper that was published in the Review of Aquaculture. Uh, and it's under the section, Protection Against Pathogens, Chemical Treatments versus Immunostimulants. So what humic substances are, fulvic acid, are immunostimulants. Okay, so here's what, what we're saying. Administration of humic substances, we use the term humic substances, this fulvic acid is a humic substance. Humic acid is another humic substance. Okay, so administration of humic substances as food supplements has been shown to increase vitality traits such as growth and immunity, and reduce diseases in poultry and rats. And uh, then uh, testing two different types of humic acids on humoral and cellular immune reactions of mice. Evidence of immunomodulating activity was demonstrated for increased uh, phagocytosis and neurotrophils and macrophage, as well as stimulating secretion of IL-2 by spleen cells. Okay, so in short, it's so stimulating. Fish a little bit here. Okay. So, yeah. so this is another, I'm quoting scientific papers. Sure, sure. Published papers. Uh, okay, increased vigor, growth, lifespan, and increased stress resistance have also been reported after application of 5 to 180 milligrams per liter dissolved organic carbon of an artificial humic substance uh, for 21 weeks to culture water of swordtail. Okay, so they tested this on swordtails. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they, they uh, uh, so that's what they reported. They reported increased vigor, growth, and lifespan, and increased stress resistance in the in the sword tail at, mm -hmm. at that specific amount, five to one hundred and eighty milligrams per liter. Uh, and then and for twenty one weeks to cold. So they just dosed the water column. They didn't feed it to the sword tails. They they put it in the water column itself for. 28 right. weeks and did an A-B test and this group had done better than the other group, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Do we actually understand what's going on to make that um, stim to, to stimulate the immune system or exactly does it increase white cell production or the ability to identify pathogens or do we know that much about it? Yes, we do. We know uh, excruciating detail. Uh, <laughs> So, so can so, you give us the important ones and explain it to a kindergartner? Because <laughs> well, we're all fish hobbyists. We understand, you know, aquarium talk, um, but we get well, pretty it, lost it, when it, it gets increased, scientific. Increased phagocytosis, 
What's that? By neutrophils, and then and my, macrophages. Okay, you, you know what uh, phages are. Okay, bacterial phages. The, these these are a, a microorganism that consumes other microbes. Okay, phages. Okay, so so okay. First of all, okay, I can really get into this in, in a too deep kind of a way, but let me just back up on the uh, resistance factors. Okay. okay. So how it actually works, and this is also work done by my German colleagues at Humboldt University in Berlin, uh, is a cellular process. That's why I say it works on all cells, because of the cellular effect. What it does is increases is uh, transcription of uh, genetic pathways. Okay, so there's an MAP1 pathway, and that pathway activates resistance. You know, in on a cellular level in the nucleus. Okay, cell. so it's stimulating this section of the DNA to create proteins that bolster the immune system. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Okay. Not only that, it, uh, it also stimulates other pathways that regulate uh, either human or animal or, or plant growth uh, uh, regulator response. Okay. Like in plants, it stimulates what we call plant growth regulator response. In other words, the cell is producing its own growth regulator. Growth regulator is something that increases the growth. Mm-hmm. So when that's detected in the water or the soil, it doesn't matter. Or the hydroponic nutrients, the cell responds and says, "Oh, hey, this is really rich environment. I can do better here. I can take okay. off." So, I'm so going, I was I'm going to. So my initial understanding was not correct. My how I've described it in the past is it's a chelating agent that allows cells to uptake nutrients better. But what what I'm hearing you say, and and correct me if there's any. Mm, anything I don't understand here fully, but is that it's doing at least two things. One is allowing the organism, whether it's a plant or an animal, um, a fish or a, a lettuce to grow to its potential. It's, it's telling the organism, yes, it's okay to grow. There's enough nutrients to go ahead and kick that off. And B it's telling a section of gene that codes for a specific protein or specific proteins that aid the immune system Go ahead and make more of that. Is that kind of what I'm understanding? Yeah. Is that correct? And in fact, okay. it, since it's cellular, it affects, well, you can go right down to the nitty gritty too on this. It affects ATP transfer. Oh, it does. Okay. So energy production. So that's been proven. So, so that's in general across the board increases the respiration or energy production. So ATP it's in the mitochondria. Itself. So it's, so you, it's affecting the mitochondria directly? Yes. Oh, yes. cool. And it's it's cool. an antioxidant on the level of the mitochondria. Got so it. So for everyone, think back to high school. Um, real, real quick, think back to high school biology, ADP to ATP, and that whole function that happens in the mitochondria, which allows a cell to respirate, right? It basically creates energy. So um, mm-hmm. Dr. Faust, you're saying that in addition to immuno creating cells that um, – or stimulating the production of immune cells and saying, go ahead and grow. It's also saying, and here's some energy. It's helping you produce more energy via respiration, correct? Yes. And then, of course, in case of plants, it increases uh, 
the the, the uh, chlorophyll production. So you have more chlorophyll. Oh, cool. So that's you know can collect more energy. Well, that's I mean, interesting because a lot of my audience, uh, a lot of my audience is into aquatic plants as well as fish. So that's interesting. Yeah, and 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 so it's producing more. Uh, uh, you know, can take up more CO two by about maybe 25 percent. Oh wow, that's significant! By twenty percent, twenty five percent. Holy cow! Yeah. Wow. I mean, you you could solve global warming. Matter of fact, the whole reason why we have a higher CO two levels is because the plants are demineralized, humic substances are devoid. And so the plants are less able, and not just plant. I mean, yeah, aquatic plants, marine plants, you know, terrestrial plants. Kelp, yeah, can remove more, you know, CO two and fix it into carbon and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. So you start eliminating plants, or the soils become demineralized, oxidized organic matter, or Correct. the same happens in rivers and lakes, uh, and then the whole thing starts to unravel. And, and uh, eutrophication, let's say, because a lot of nitrates leached in there, uh-huh, using up uh-huh. the oxygen. Yeah, it's a it's 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 a nasty cycle. But but bottom line is, yeah, the immune response is also cells. We we're talking about white blood cells. We're talking about T helper cells. The, the T helper cells is the cells that goes around and gobbles up foreign cells or cancer cells. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay, so all those components are increased by the, the presence of humic substances or folic acid in this case. Oh, and that's great. So if I'm a, so if I'm a aquarist and um, I'm growing plants and I'm injecting CO2, what you're saying is that by introducing folic acid into the system, it's going to increase the plant's ability to utilize that CO2 by 20 to 25% possibly. And therefore, yeah. the, the whole process of uh, absorbing the co2 is increased and therefore the plant will grow more quickly into its potential that's right otherwise it just uh it's going to be a limiting factor in other words human yeah 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 i hear you factor uh-huh. growth there are the missing links so you take you try to do hydroponics you take a bunch of chemical salts and you put them in water and then you try to grow a plant well hey you know, humic substances or, or fulvic acid is dissolved organic matter. Yeah. And that, that happens to be the, the living link between the dead minerals and the living cell. You see? No, this so makes sense. It, so it's it, a limiting... Other, it, I mean, nature, everything, fish, worms, you name it, evolved with humic substances in, in, in its environment. Uh, it's, as long as... Uh, Life has existed on Earth. Right, because it comes uh, from previous decaying life. Is that correct? Peat swamps. Yeah, that's right. So any life that existed eventually decays, and a portion of that decay, one of the products of that is humic substances. Um, yeah, it's the cycle of life, you know, mm-hmm. of carbon. It's the carbon cycle. And so try to grow a fish or a plant or something without it. Just chemical salts. Well, yeah, yeah. millions of years, I mean... You know, there's dissolved carbon in the water. You know, it's there. It has a function. And what happens is, and whether it's crops and plants and, and, and hydroponics, okay, now we have diseases and insect problems, and we're constantly rescuing the fish, 
the plant, whatever it is, you know, spraying stuff on it, you know, fungicides, insecticides. Correct. And we could correct a lot of this with fulvic acid. Fertilizers without humic substances requires rescue chemistry. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, So let me, so by the limiting factor, let me just make sure I and everyone understands what you mean by the limiting factor. So if I'm growing plants in my aquarium and there's tons of CO2 and tons of light and tons of nitrogen, that's all great. But if there's not enough fulvic acid, the plant can't utilize those. So it's limited in what it can do. So if you're putting in 50 parts of CO2, but there's only enough fulvic acid to process 25 parts, you're wasting half of the CO2 you're injecting. Is that kind of what I'm understanding? Yeah. And okay. then also with light, the same thing with light. We have growers, correct, correct. growers in Canada, and they use our full power, and they report back to me, we can reduce the intensity of the grow lights. Oh, right, right. By I got about it. 20%, mm-hmm. see, which means less heat, less energy cost, because you got more chlorophyll, you got more chloroplasts, so you don't need as, as much light intensity. Thing. Yeah, so so the plant is able or to utilize the light yeah. better. You can utilize than it could the CO2 that's there because you have a, a broader leaf. I mean, that's generally yeah. what we see, whether it's wheat, grass, or, or whatever it is. You see a wider leaf blade, and you, you just have a bigger leaf. You know, now, so taking it back to fish, greener, greener. So, so is the same thing true for fish if I am feeding? Let's go back to the sword tails that this test was done. They did this test on sword tails. So I've got a tank full mm-hmm. of sword tails. I'm feeding a bunch of highly nutritious food, and they're only growing so much or so rapidly. I put in fulvic acid. That should increase the rate of growth and how big they can get because now we've unlocked a portion of the, the energy production machine within each cell of the fish that allows it to use more of those um, nutrients than it could have before. So Well, yeah. In other words, I think okay. you're just normalizing the environment of that fish. Mm-hmm. In other okay. words, it'd be like feeding a man just bread and water, no vitamin C, no other stuff. And, yeah, he's going he's gonna to live, but he's going to end up with scurvy and whole yes. range of dishes. Yes. Well, okay. So fish have been on this earth for millions of years, right? And they always are in, you know, an environment where there's humic substances mm-hmm. dissolved in all waters. <clears throat> you know, uh, so you take that away, yeah, you're, you're going to be something missing, right? But now, yeah. does tap does tap water typically have some fulvic acid in it? It can, but they use oxidants. You know, like when they treat water municipal systems, they use. Uh, like aluminum uh, sulfate, um, different uh, oxide things that coagulate the, the soluble organic matter. Oh, okay. So the the chlorine uh, and the and, other and things they, that oxidize they, will destroy the fulvic acid in the coming out of my tap water. Yeah, they want to because uh, chlorination doesn't work as good when you have fulvic acid. So right. the the research in the U.S. is more like how to get rid of fulvic acid so we can use chlorine. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's their issue. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Whereas the Europeans will use ozone. But here, oh, no, we got to get rid of the humic acid because we want to use more chlorine. Let, let me tell you how, how I'm using it, and maybe you can tell me 
oh, that's great. Keep doing that. Or that is ridiculous. That's very inefficient or whatever. But um, here's how I'm using it. I initially started dosing the water column and then my then my uh, number of tanks grew substantially. Now I've got oh, seven, eight thousand gallons of aquariums I run. And I, you know, I was like, oh, that's getting pretty pricey. And so what I started doing instead is I soak the food in fulvic acid before I feed it. So I'll take some frozen bloodworms, for example. I'll put them in a container, put some water, put some fulvic acid, thaw them out in there, let them sit for a while in my in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they'll absorb some of this and then I feed it to the fish. Is that efficient? Is that actually doing what I think it's doing? Well, yeah. As a matter of fact, there's studies here where they, where they include it in the, uh, uh, in the feed. So, I mean, any, any way you get it in the animal, but, you know, fish, like, yeah, with pigs and everything else, yeah, we're putting it in the feed. Uh, we have people that buy it for hog operations and it just injected into the water from the pigs. But like this fish, well, yeah, they're in the water, so oh, mm-hmm. you know they can absorb it uh, from the water. Uh, you can put it in the feed, sure. I mean, in nature, the stuff they eat is going to have you know humic substances in it uh, to begin with. So it, it just they just need it. But uh, here's another. Let me go into another little interesting new research here. On, All right, remember, I'm a uh, kindergartner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, in the uh, uh Moina uh, Macrocopa, osmotic stress was reduced in the presence of, of a 10 milligram per liter dissolved organic carbon of a natural human substance. Do you know which species that is, Macrocopa? I am not a fish guy. It's, uh, how do you spell that? I'm going to look it up. Okay. You got in the clado, cladocerin, C-L-A-D-O-C-E-R. Oh, I see it. Moina, M-O-I-N-A, oh. macrocopa. Yeah, so this is Daphnia. Okay. So uh, – so basically, it reduced the osmotic stress at the presence of 10 milligram per liter. No, that's not very much. I mean, you can just keep that in your aquarium of a natural humic substance. Ours is a natural humic substance. This was from a Brazilian polyhumic coastal lagoon. Okay, so this is studying at the Rio Negro, mm-hmm. uh, actually, and what they called Brazilian polyhumic coastal lagoon. Stress resistance was inherited by the succeeding generations, most likely via DNA methylation, supplementing feed with two grams per kilogram of fulvic acid, significantly increased survival of white shrimp, challenged with Vibrio parahemoslyticus. Yeah, Vibrio. We're familiar with Vibrio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in this research, transitionally controlled tumor protein, which is involved in the regulation of the host defense response against bacterial and viral infections, was significantly increased. Would you go back to the osmotic pressure part of it? So, are you are you saying that um, when 
fulvic acid was used, it decreased osmotic stress? Or are you saying that it was put in at a dose which resulted in a certain osmotic pressure? No, it, 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 uh, it's uh, yeah, okay. And so this, uh, um, whatever it is, Daphne, uh, osmotic stress was reduced in the presence of 10 milligrams per liter. Okay, that's really important. That's really important. So I live in a place with with really, really soft water. And if I buy fish from Florida, they're coming from really hard water. And so it I have to be I have to treat them with a lot of TLC and kid gloves and pull out all the stops to transition them from hard alkaline water to my soft water without blowing them out through osmotic pressure differences. Um, and another thing is often when fish get a disease, say they have ick or something, which is a parasite that burrows into the epithelium, into the skin, basically. Um, therefore, it's puncturing the body of the fish all over. And so fresh water just wants to flood into that or an open wound or anything. So what that research is saying is that fulvic acid can decrease that osmotic stress, um, which is huge for a guy like me that's constantly importing um, stressed out fish. You bet. Yeah. Well, because if you live in the Rio Negro Lagoon, the Rio Negro River, and you have tidal action, you know, they're going to be, there's going to be different osmotic stresses on them as the salt Mm -hmm. content goes up or down as they move around, you know, in, in the, in that kind of environment yeah absolutely it's it's rich in humic substances so it works for them you know but see the interesting part of that it's all interesting but the interesting part is that that once they're exposed to the humic substances that that there are the succeeding succeeding generations inherited that stress trees yeah, so, so it bolstered through the DNA. Yeah, inherited the stress resistance. Mm-hmm. So, so it's generational. It's uh, something that uh, you know we've see, seen this before. Interesting. See a lot. A lot the, the difference is, you know, we 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 see things, we observe things, and we get an idea. Okay, well, look, new stress. But uh, but these scientific papers here, you know, are definitive uh, that our uh, suspicions and observations have validity. Oh um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's that's one thing in this aquarium hobby that's endlessly frustrating, not just to me, but I think to everyone in the hobby, which is you hear so much anecdotal stuff. Don't do this. It'll kill your fish. Do this. It's good for your fish. You know, you hear all this stuff. And a lot of it is just myth and lore that's been passed on. And, and someone said it and it caught on and all this. And you, it's really hard to get back to the original qualifier to the, uh, to the um, primary source of where the information come from, came from. And so it's really nice to be able to verify things with scientific studies and actually look at the source material and know what's going on because so often we don't know what we're doing. We just know that people tell us stuff. Yeah, and we hope it's right. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we see the same thing in in agriculture. Uh, 
we see it in in cannabis production and hydroponics the whole thing there's anecdotal like maybe internet myth or just plain mythology i mean let's face it that's that's uh <laughs> how the human race functions right uh, you know so a lot of the things that farmers do are almost ritualistic so you know they, they get this idea and they're going to just keep doing it. it becomes a ritual so if something isn't science it's a ritual mm -hmm. it's a belief system okay? so, yeah yeah no so, i get it so that's what that's what i do i i i <laughs> I introduce like the scientific method into some of this and kind of refute a lot of these, these myths. You know? Now let's, let, let's say that I'm someone who, who has fish, loves fish, wants to help my fish do better. I've just come across this live stream or I've heard of fulvic acid somehow. How would you suggest a fish hobbyist with some aquariums go about um, using fulvic acid Maybe is it a? Would you use it all the time, or would you only use it when you get new fish, or when fish have a disease? So when would you use it, and how would you administer it, and what concentrations? Like for a practical guide for someone trying to keep their fish healthy. Yeah, well, like I say, it, it's normal to, to be present in water. Uh, I mean, I remember going up into these streams and rivers up in the Appalachian Mountains and going trout fishing when I was a kid. The water was tea colored. And it was very productive waters too. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's something you'd want to keep in there in a in a, a low rate all the time. Uh, it's just it's just like you need vitamin C. You need fulvic acid, and that's humans too. I mean, we have we have a uh, we have a health a human supplement form of this too. And a lot of the guys that use it on livestock and pets started buying the human supplement. Okay, so, so you're recommending we use it all the time. How, what dosage, what concentration, how is it administered? Well, like five parts per million, you know, a lot of times I'll say one to 200 just to make it. So five parts per million, can we break that down to teaspoons per liter or something? Um, because most people here can't count out parts per million. They know like, okay, tablespoon for 10 gallons or something like that. Okay, okay. Well, like one to two hundred. So if they have a two hundred, you know, gallon aquarium, you'd, you'd put a, hundred, a one gallon. You know, oh, okay. Fulvic acid. So one part fulvic acid to um, one to two parts water. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's easy. Yeah. That so we can do. Just think in terms of a hundred gallons, and you're, you're going to put a half a gallon. Oh. Hundred gallons. Okay. That's so sorry. Two hundred. One part to 100 to 200 parts. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So it's not one to and one. That would, <laughs> it's not half full of acid. <laughs> and it, it, it's really about prevention disease. We don't, we're, not, we're not using it as a cure. I mean, uh, you got to think prevention. Uh, but if there is issues, uh, you know, you'd go a higher rate, like a 1% rate, something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have an outbreak. Uh, now, at what point is it like, oh, that's toxic? Or, I mean, I know it's a very benign substance, but at some point it's got to affect oxygen levels in the water or something. When is it like, okay, one, to, one part to one to 200 parts for regular maintenance, is it double that for disease and don't ever go higher? Or like, do we know this? Well, you know, there's been a lot of work done and I think 
you know, we're going to need to do some, some more work, but I mean, this is pretty definitive. Uh, some of the numbers are coming up with, like you're talking about here. Uh, uh, let me see. The mechanism by application of humic substances helps to decrease susceptibility to piscodium. It's okay. velvet. We call that as we call that velvet in the hobby. That disease you're trying to yeah say. yeah. So anyway, okay, that's what we're talking about. You know what I'm talking. About. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. I, I believe so, I do. Yeah. You should probably. Yeah, provide an alternative to conventional therapeutics. However, when considering humic substances as treatment or prevention against fish pathogens, one must keep in mind that the very supplements that improve fish health may also promote the growth of dinoflagellates. Low concentrations, 6 to 32 milligrams per liter, or I guess it's micrograms per milliliter, of humic substance exerted a stimulatory effect that was reflected by increased yield growth rate, carbon uptake in marine dinoflagellates. Oh, okay. Uh, so it doesn't just increase the growth rate and everything for fish, but it does for the algae as well and for everything that's living. So yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. Just you have to not to put too much in or you're going to have a problem. You're um, going to have other people, you know, benefit too. Yeah, yeah. So it's gotcha. just, at higher concentration, with 32 uh, micrograms per milliliter, growth rate and yield substantially decreased. Effect of humic substances on hosts and parasites should be monitored and evaluated carefully to ensure proper treatment. Apart yeah, okay. from that, humic substances have the potential to reduce susceptibility to infections and pathogens by increasing animal welfare and stimulating host-specific defense mechanisms. Okay, so so that's the bottom line. Okay, uh, so if we say one part to one to two hundred parts, we're going to be f safe. We're not going to use too much, and we'll get benefit. Right? Yeah. What, okay. they, they use the term uh, hormesis uh, with fulvic acid. Now, whether we would use it in human uh, medicine, uh, the, the concept of hormesis, and that means that a small dose is like homeopathic. Small dose is medicine, a big dose is poison. That's oh, what hormesis means. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. So, so a, hormet, a hormetic effect is where you use too much, you don't get any more benefit, and maybe you get some negatives. So, got it. So, got it. And then you mentioned tannins, and uh, the, the tannins is a, is a broad group of compounds in, in the fulvic acid. Uh, it's, it's one of the polyphenols. So fulvic acid has so fulvic acid has tannins within it. Absolutely. Tannins don't have fulvic acid within them. Yeah, yeah. Oh. There's a lot of different tannins. Okay. So, okay, that's a game changer for me. I always understood that backwards. I always thought tannins were the um, master set, and fulvic acid was a subset of that. In that, within tannins, there was some fulvic acid. But what you're saying is, if I pour in fulvic acid. That's where the tannins are derived from. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's what gives it the color. Mm -hmm. So now your product, uh, uh, full power, is uh, doesn't have the color. It's gold, so it doesn't stain your water. Does it still contain um, the uh, the tannins in it? it yeah, because there's five different 
groups of tannins. It's a really broad thing. So they go they they, they go from darker tannins to lighter tannins. And, you know, they're all part of the polyphenols. So the 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 you're looking at molecular weight. So the light colored tannins, which is what, what gives the color to the fulvic, can be absorbed through the cell and into the nucleus. Oh, got it. So it's and a more useful kind of tannin. Are what are responsible for this gene transcription uh-huh. that, that turn on the switch to a resistance and mm-hmm. a, a growth regulator an insulin-like response. Now, this is interesting because in aquarium fish, we notice this phenomena, which is we get wild-caught fish, and we notice that after a few generations, we got to get more wild-caught fish because often after a few generations, the fish just isn't as robust. It's uh, It's got problems. And it, it, I wonder if one potential factor contributing to that degradation of the fish is that we simply aren't using fulvic acids to their potential. Um, they're not in our tap water. They're stripped out by chlorine and things. And so, you know, those things that are passed on through the genes over time might just become uh, muted a little bit. And I don't know if that's the whole story, but I'm wondering if we use fulvic acid, if we could get more generations before we had to freshen up a bloodline. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, it doesn't matter what critter we're talking about either. I mean, uh, I mean, basically all organisms, uh, humans on down, need humic substances to be healthy. As mm-hmm. antioxidants, as uh, it's just a crucial thing. And, and in normal conditions, we'd have it, too. I mean, we drank out of surface water and streams fulvic acid it's in all waters you know now we're put into an artificial world where we, they put oxidants in the water you know people certainly aren't as vigorous and healthy as they were and, and neither is fish nothing can be without it and that's why we, we sell a huge amount of product in hydroponics because without the fulvic acid in hydroponics you know you, there, there's a whole range of issues, you know, the same kind of issues like diseases, lack of vigor, you know, you don't get any maximum benefit. Uh, and the same thing with whether it's in pigs, which we can actually measure like a 14% better feed conversion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, a longevity. Uh, my colleagues in Germany use a, a, a nematode called uh, Canohabilis elegans to to test you know their uh, concentrations of humic substances and extending its lifespan. Mm-hmm. See? So so the humic substances uh, again vary in their con- in, in, in what they're made up of. It depends on on the, the plant that the humic substances derive from, how you extract it, how you produce it. Uh, we use a special bacterial fermentation process. And our product is highly what they call uh, uh, aromatic. So that's, 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 that's organic chemistry talk. So I've always had a question about your product. Um, I know it's full power and I know it actually is fulvic acid, but I've always wondered why it's labeled humic acid. Is that like a regulatory thing or, <laughs> or I, I, it always confused me. Buy it. I in Canada, they got the right label on it. Yeah, in Canada, we have the label on there, fulvic acid. Yeah, and uh, guaranteed analysis. Okay, 
because Canada, the whole thing is regulated by Health Canada. So we have the product registered in Canada and for the whole country of Canada. Okay. So they they recognize uh, Human Substance Society and the HISS, all the science. And so they accept fulvic acid and the test method we use to guarantee it. And we guarantee it. It's approved in Canada. Okay. Uh -huh. In the U.S., every state has a different regulation. So California, which is one of our biggest customers, won't allow us to put fulvic acid on the label. Oh, okay. And so they're saying, well, we don't have a test method. We, it's inconvenient for us. Uh, we, you know, we're not going to do it. Uh, but you can you can uh, call it humic acid. And, Got it. And the content on is the minimum detectable level. You know, we had to fight to get that. So it is fulvic acid, but due to regulation and not wanting to grind through 50 states worth of different um, – uh, mandates you just label humic acid and you're done well in states that that don't uh, accept fulvic acid registration now for instance Got in it. oregon where where i am right now due to uh let's say a lot of uh, lobbying by us and by our trade association uh the state of oregon department of agriculture has accepted fulvic acid so uh, our label in oregon is is fulvic acid based uh, on it. the human pro, you know the the ihss test method which is approved mm -hmm. by afco which is the association uh, for state regulatory fertilizer officials which defines fulvic acid and the test method so bottom line you know, though is states, all the states could accept that but they don't so bottom line is it is fulvic acid by every standard in the industry um even though it says humic acid, full power is, in fact, fulvic acid. And here's where you yeah. can get it. Folks are wondering where they can buy it. I just bought mine. I buy mine on on Amazon. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of the product. I've always used it. I've never been sponsored. Uh, Dr. Faust doesn't send me free stuff. And, that you know, this wasn't a deal to get him on to promote his stuff because of that. Um, I've always bought it on Amazon. So for those wondering, here it is. If you go to Amazon and you type in full power bioag, um, you can find it in different uh, different volumes, small containers up to big gallon containers and things like that. I think it's even up to a five gallon container, I if I remember right, but that might be wrong. Yeah, we have fives. We sell on 55 gallon drums, 275 gallon totes. But you can get it uh, probably a better deal if you buy it from a grow shop. Uh, usually every community has grow shops. I don't know about Wyoming. But, yeah, we're, uh, we're getting there. Give us, give us 20 years. We'll be. <laughs> yeah. But the West Coast states have grow shops everywhere. You know, there's less now than there were. But grow shops, Hydro Farm is one of our distributors. They're a major distributor in North America uh for hydroponic supplies so you know oh, okay so instead of going to amazon maybe go to hydrofarm.com and you might be able yeah. to find a better deal yeah okay. you, you can see who their dealers are i mean they distribute it all over the country so oh gotcha definitely grow shops etc um and then and then hawthorne uh gardening is a distributor of ours so it's distributed through warehouses all over the country into the hydroponics and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
and also, yeah, you could buy it on Amazon. Um, you know, uh, but like I say, I mean, it's usually in grow shops and horticultural supply, a whole yeah. range of uh, dealers. I think we have 1,200 dealers uh, mm-hmm. coast to coast. Now, what's the – so when I first became aware of these substances, before I ever used your product or knew who you were, um, there was – it was hard for me to figure out what to do. So I kept reading about humic acid and humic substances and all that. So – I bought a whole bunch of that and it, it just was a big mess and all, all this stuff. So, um, is there any benefit to humic fulvic acid aside to just getting humic? I guess it's, is it called humic acid? I don't know what it's called. Well, yeah, it's just very complicated situation. What can you simplify it for us? (laughs) Cause I, I know for you it's second nature, but we're in kindergarten here. So, yeah. Well, what they call humic acid, there's a lot of products on the market. They're black liquids, okay? They call it a humic acid, right? And there's no label. There's no guarantee. You don't really know what it is. It's just a black substance. Correct. Uh, okay, now, theoretically, <laughs> that black substance has fulvic acid in it, but you don't know. Uh, the black stuff is not humic acid at all. It's, it's stuff associated with coal and oil, hydrocarbons, what they call aliphatic groups. It's, it's toxic. It's negative in terms of biological effects. Uh, so the black stuff, if it's black, take it back. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Because that's yeah. the stuff that's going to stain your... They use it for wood stain and wax. There's a canopical wax. You don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what's so, staining your stuff. Uh, and is, it doesn't do anything in the anyway, you know. So it doesn't make any sense. Uh, humic acid like that is black. Um, no, that's not even absorbable by cells. You know, that's uh, uh, you know, so fulvic means gold or yellow. And right. So if it isn't, then it's not fulvic acid. It's just like if, if I hand you an orange and it's blue, well. It's not an orange. Is there a dry uh, so, form? Is there like a dry powdered form that would be more economic for people with large systems? Or does it have to be distributed in a liquid? It has to be because it's a clumping molecule. It's, it's kind of delicate in, in a way. And if you dry it and they use heat to dry it, it depolymerizes it. It basically oh, destroys just denatures it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in other words, uh, technically, the test method that we use determines what they call hydrophobic fulvic acid. Okay, so that particular fraction of humic acid, they call it hydrophobic because it sticks to a CAD resin column. Okay, Mm -hmm. this was a test developed by U.S. uh, uh, Geological Survey for testing freshwater. Okay, so that test method tells you what is there in terms of what's biologically active you know, uh, in, in water, you know, what's working, the biologically active component is what we call the hydrophobic, um, fulvic acid. So that's the test method we use and we guarantee it on the label, the, the content based on that particular test criteria. And so what is actually, you got something that's going to work. Okay. Gotcha. The it, what stuff you don't know. You don't know. Now, we have soluble uh, humic acid, what we call full humic 
And that's all the humic fractions, the humic, ovic, ulmic, fulvic. So that's the complete fraction. It, it, it's a black or brown powder. It's water soluble. Okay. Is that uh, less I, beneficial or is that as beneficial? Uh, again, it's just going to drop out. I mean, depending on what you're it, it, it's going Meaning to, some of it by dropout, you mean some will um, be absorbed in the water, but some will participate and just fall to the bottom. Is yep. that what you mean all by dropout? All dependent on the pH of that water. Whatever that uh, pH did is how that's all going to sort itself out. Whereas, is there a, a general range? Like at 7.0, what happens? Well, you're going to have more of the brown stuff stay in solution. So you're going to have a little bit um, more color, you know, okay. if you use our full humic. But most of it's going to drop to the bottom. Okay, so it's really not very efficient, and it's going to make things messy. Um, what's actually in the uh, messy? What's in the full power? Um, there's a question here. Thanks, Richard Crackle, for the question. Does it have nitrogen and ammonia in it? No, because it's not a fertilizer, right? No. Yeah. No, it's not fertile. So no. what's actually in it? Is it pure fulvic acid? Is it fulvic acid in solution in water or? Well, yeah, it's fulvic acid solution. Fulvic acid is a liquid. Mm. It's formed in the soil. It's leached from swamps like the Okokonofi. It goes into the river. It stains the river teak color. Right, right. Um, once it's dried, once you dry it, okay, some soils that are high in organic matter, very rich soils, high in humic substances, when they dry out like peat, you ever try to put water back into peat? Yeah. It's hydrophobic. It doesn't want to absorb. Water just floats on it. See? So so once these humic substances dry out, they they repel water. Uh-huh. So what you've done is taken the liquid form of fulvic acid and just bottle it like that. So when you add it to the water column, it's absorbed immediately. It doesn't take a few days to reabsorb or something. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, it's almost impossible to if if you purify humic acid and then try to reabsorb it into water. I mean, uh, okay. Uh, so it's so is it pure fulvic acid or is it uh, or is it fulvic acid just cut with water? There's there's so there's no like ammonia or nitrogen or no, no other things added. No, I mean it's it's organic. It's certified by Omri for use in right. organic farm. Cool. I think it that answers have, the question. It can't have. <laughs> That kind of stuff. In other right. words, our our competing products out there use phosphoric acid to fractionate humic substances and produce what they call fulvic acid. Oh, so they just it run a reaction. They don't run it through for, bacteria. Yeah, oh. yeah. They they extract. They take the humic material, which is a coal-like lignin, and they solubilize it in in, in sodium hydroxide, which is lye. And then you add a whole bunch of uh, phosphoric acid, and that drops out the black stuff, and you have this orangish, yellow-colored stuff left over that they sell as fulvic acid. Now they cannot register that; they cannot make a fulvic acid claim for that product because they use phosphoric acid. As a matter of fact, for us to register fulvic acid in Oregon here, we have to s submit a test. Uh, for phosphorus, so they can rule out uh, fraud. So it's phosphorus free. Uh, Did you invent that process of using bacteria to synthesize fulvic acid? Yes, matter of fact. That's awesome. That's In awesome. Hawaii, so, you know, kind of by accident. 
I'll say. Because you were farming in Hawaii, right? Hawaii. Yes. Gotcha. And I was working with growers, organic growers, who grow lettuce and papayas and gingers and all kinds of things and cannabis. And um, it was a solution to a lot of problems, like like diseases, plant diseases. They're rampant in Hawaii, and uh, and it uh, it just was a missing link when you have a, a acid rain, you know, because uh-huh. acid rain will leach it out of the soil and the leaf of the plant. Because it's acid soluble, so if you're in an environment like Hawaii, Big Island, where you have volcanism, of really acid rain, it just leaches it right out of the soil. Now, uh, most places, most cities in the East Coast have also has acid rain. Nearly everywhere has acid rain, so it basically leaches it out of the soil, and uh, and so you have a major deficiency there. But what is fulvic acid? Well, like I say, it's it's a, a, a range of organic compounds. Let, let's say it's defined as soluble organic matter, and uh, it's various functional groups, and it varies uh, uh, from uh, what they call the polyphenols, the carboxylics. Matter of fact, in science, they're saying we shouldn't even use the term humic acid. We should call it uh, phenyl carboxylic acid. Because it contains the phenolic groups, which are uh-huh. the derivative of lignin, and the carboxylic groups, or carboxylic, if you want to call them. So these so, are uh, so it sounds like there's some organic de- compounds that are precursors to things like vitamins, uh-huh. uh, amino acids. You know, generally derived from lignin. Mm-hmm. And that's lignin, lignin is like decaying uh, vegetation, basically. Is that correct? Or no? Yeah, it's okay. totally derived from life. So humic substances are, are decomposed plant materials, which include the cell salts. Yeah, the, yeah. What I call legacy compounds. Yeah. Which, so I'm thinking, uh, peat, I'm thinking peat swamps in my head. Peat swamps, yes, indeed. Now, can I ask you? Heat is a humic substance. So is biodynamic compost. Um, um, let me ask you um, for back to how to use it and how to dose it. Let's say I have a hundred gallon aquarium, and so I put one gallon in there to keep it in the one to two gallon, you know, one part per hundred parts. Let's say. Um, does it evaporate? Does it decompose? Does it stay in there forever? Um, Say I change 50% of the water every two weeks, then do I just need to put half a gallon back every two weeks when I do my water change? Yeah. How do I keep the level I mean, up? I'm going to do some cal- calculations and some research, but I think, you know, that we're looking at probably the same concentrations we use for plants and hydroponics. So okay. like a half a percent in the water all the time. But yes, it's it's organic matter. So that means it's unstable. That means it can revert back to carbon and oxygen. So it will oxidize uh, in, in soil or oxygenated water. Okay. So maybe 60 days, uh, you know, in an aerated condition, it may oxidize. Okay, so, so it's fairly stable. 60 days, that's two months. And we're usually changing our water more often than that. And so um, is there a way to test the level? Um, James Handy's asking that question. Can we do a test so we can maintain a certain... Uh, concentration in the aquarium. 
sure can. I mean, the test was uh, is a published test method. Okay. Developed by uh, Gary uh, Jerry Leanhart of the USGS in Golden, Colorado. But it's not as simple as like a test strip or a little kit. Um, we'd have to read the no, method and buy the. Okay. No, it's about a it's about a two hundred dollar test if you send it to a lab. Okay. Um, what if you did yeah. it yourself? Is it can you buy three or like a reagent and a something else and, and test yourself? Or well, do you have you to send could. it to the lab? It requires uh, like uh, what we call chromatography columns. And, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. A, a CAD resin, which is what they use in dialysis. Yeah. And vac- vacuum pump to pump it. So, no. <laughs> so, the average hobbyist yeah. with a few aquariums is not going to be doing this. It would take some lab equipment. Right. Or, yeah, it certainly would. <laughs> okay. Or you can, there's a couple commercial labs. Two in Phoenix, one in Florida, they can, can do the test method. Um, but bottom line, I mean, it, the cost of doing that, why do that? I mean, yeah. if you're starting with uh, water, just plain water, uh, I mean, I don't know what your water source is, but um, it's, it's cheap enough just to add a half a percent to your water. You know, yeah. Than yeah. Test no, I understand. Um, I understand. It's just we're used to in, in the aquarium hobby. We're used to being able to go buy a test kit and keep all our different parameters uh, known. So any week I can go and I can test phosphates. I can test chlorine. I can test alkalinity. I can test, you know, all these different parameters. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, well, it would I mean, be a way to know that you're maintaining that. Uh, the correct number. But what you're saying is. No, just when you do your water change, add the corresponding amount. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, but you see, the way we do it to maintain quality control, we go through that fancy test method. We have the equipment, you know, you right, need right. a rotovap, you need a drying oven, you need to grab them, blah, blah, blah. So we, yeah. we test our product that way, use the CAD resin, it's the ISO method, right. the IHSS method. Okay, boom. So, so then we go to a spectrophotometer that we developed a curve based on that actual test method. And I, I just put a little sample in this little square test tube. I put it in the spectrophotometer and I press a button and it gives you a readout. What the Correct. Yeah. Is yeah. And you can tell by, you can tell yeah. <laughs> that it's on par. Yeah. Right. Now, it what is the you... spectrum of light, you know, mm-hmm. in the yellow uh framework so that's the quick and dirty method now we do do some there are there are chromometers that we use for different things in the aquarium but that precursor step we probably wouldn't be able to do um there's another question um sylvia r is asking this she's saying what would happen if you had plants and fish in a tank um would it be used so much quicker that you might have to dose more or would you just keep it at replacing that one to two parts per hundred just to be safe or how would you do that? Well, yeah, I don't think it, it, it's not something that's it's used. It's more like a catalyst, you know, it's only, mm-hmm. you know, the leaf is going to absorb it and circulates and uh, just like hydroponics. Uh, okay. So fine. it's not, it's not absorbed by the plant. It catalyzes a reaction and then it's free to do it again and again. Is that what you're saying? More or less. I mean, you okay. can understand that cells are just hanging. They're not, there's nothing holding them together. So 
you know, so, you know, the, the, the cell sap or the, the serum or the blood is flowing around these cells and, you know, the fulvic acid content needs to be 5 ppm or so. Okay. Okay. So, so the, the fulvic um, acid has a certain concentration in the cell so it, and as long like as it stays that concentration, like that it's not absorbing new fulvic acid yeah. into the organism. Um, oh, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's not like used, you know, like food where it's metabolized. Yeah, so it's the spoon that carries the food. It's It like carries the food to the organism and then the spoon's free to give you another mouthful. It's not like you eat the spoon and yeah. it's gone. Okay. And, that, and of course, in nature, you have constant decomposition. So that, that river is flowing out of that swamp and, and there's a constant amount of fulvic acid in water every day. Yeah, you know yeah. all the, and uh, it doesn't go away because it's being created by that swamp, the upper end, the headwaters. See, yeah. So it sounds like, or in soil, organic matter breaking down, you know, releasing. So it's it's a, it's a constant cycling process. So in an artificial cultivation system, you, you just need to keep it constant mm-hmm. at Got a constant it. rate, and not an up and down, jumping up and down rate, but. Basically, you know, you keep that concentration right. And in agriculture, hydroponics, like in hydroponics, I tell them, just keep it in there all the time because they're always changing the water. Mm-hmm. That. Um, so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't get carried away with this, but I mean, it's just, you just need to keep uh, a certain amount, minimal amount in the water at all mm-hmm. times. Yeah, and that's what the questions are asking. Like, do the plants absorb it? If they do, how do I keep that amount? But it sounds like it's pretty simple. It sounds like if you've got a 100-gallon aquarium, put a gallon to two gallons of fulvic acid in there. If you change 50% of the water every two weeks or every month or whatever it is, when you change 50% of the water, add half that much folic acid back to the tank. That yeah. sounds like that'll keep an equilibrium long-term um, because it's not actually absorbed by the plants. It's, well, it is, but only to a certain concentration. It's the spoon, not the food. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's really, okay. you know, on the planet Earth, it's hard to separate, you know, dissolved organic matter uh, or humic substances from the natural environment. Which is going to be, you know, water, whether it's ocean, marine, or whatever. It all has, you know, humic stuffs. It all has fulvic acid. Right, correct. You know, and the best source actually is uh, water. I mean, you could extract it from seawater, you could, uh, river water, you know, the Rio Negro is loaded with it. You know, it's hard to like overdo it. I mean, where they do all this research, where Dr. Steinberg does his research, it's in the Rio Negro River. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the pictures of his presentations, and it's black. Oh, know, yeah. We call it black water. water. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's really black water, right? Yeah. You got a yeah. whole range of humic substances there. Um, and it kind of benefits the fish, too, on the shading effect um, because of uh, high ultraviolet, ultraviolet beam. Yeah. So, there's uh, changes in the fertility of the fish. It seems to favor males over females. Uh, it has different, some very interesting effects. Okay, well, let's the, get into that. I, I, I love breeding fish. A lot of the people listening like breeding fish. So what difference 
might you notice if you use fulvic acid while you're breeding fish um, versus if you don't? When you say favor males, does that mean it will yield more males in a batch than females or? Yeah, it, it, it higher higher concentrations. Um, but these are all things that were observed in freshwater ecology by studying rivers like Rio Negro and, and the fish distribution to health based on natural occurrence of humic substances. So they think in the so, Rio Negro, due to humic substances such as fulvic acid, that it skews the sex ratio male heavy. Yes, or, you know, depending on concentrations, yeah, it can, it can affect the sex distribution, yeah, for sure. And then also, uh, of course, the resistance factors and the stress from UV uh, and, and other effects. When you're getting down by the equator, you know, and the effect of you, I mean, fish always want to hide in the shade anyway, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a lot of folks keep blackwater aquariums where they purposely have tan and stained water um, because the fish are more comfortable in it, they feel, or they just want to make it as closely mimicking the, uh, the biotope in nature as possible. And so they'll actually have tan and stained water that they purposely create. They could boil peat moss or they put in uh, driftwood that leaches tannins, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, to do that, you'd buy our product called Full Humix and you'd add enough, you know, like the equivalent of like, uh, like a gram per two gallons or something like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe less than that, uh, about a gram, you know, half a gram to a gram per gallon, you know, maybe less. I mean, depending on what color you're looking for, you know, how dark you want it. You just use our powdered product called Full Humix. It's got the fulvic in it. Okay? Oh, okay, to create the tannins. But, but it's got yeah. higher molecular weight, humic substances that will, you know, cause a make a brown color in the water. Right. So it won't all be uh, absorbed and be clear. It'll make it tannin stained, yeah, like we yeah. think and, of. And a lot of that color is the tannins uh, and the higher molecular weight stuff. So it'll provide the shade and all that. And that's what's naturally occurring in like the Rio Negro and all that. Correct. So our, our full humix will, will, will do that. You know, we'll give you the, the tannins, the color, you know, that tea colored uh, black water. If you want to go that far, right? It, it'll do it. Uh, right. but, but in most scenarios, you don't want that. You know? Correct. You want to be able to see the fish. Uh, so yeah, your average person yeah, wants a nice clear tank. Yeah, because they want to see their fish. But some of us really geek out and are like, no, I'm going to make this tank as natural as possible. And I'm going to have the stained water and everything. Here's another question. Um, Gary Duncan is asking, says, does fulvic acid lower the pH? And I'm going to give my little answer and then you can refine me, Dr. Faust. Um, okay. Yes. So... Fulvic acid has a pH of a little over two, so it'd be kind of like adding vinegar to your aquarium, which is probably part of why you only want to use one to two parts per hundred. That's my gut response. Am I right? Well, actually, our product has a pH of 3.8. Oh, closer to four? Okay. And at, at the rate we you recommend, it, it will not affect pH. Oh, okay. Because you're using so little? Right. And okay. it doesn't have, you know, acids have different effects. Some are more buff, have a more buffering effect than others. Like you put a drop of phosphoric acid in there, yeah. Yeah, you that's know. what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking, muriatic uh, acid or phosphoric acid or something. That's a, that's a mineral acid. This is an mm. organic acid. Okay. okay. 
Now, the, these other products that they sell as fulvic acid, which they don't even have a guaranteed analysis on, but they sell them, and you'll see it has a 010 or 020 analysis. That's the ones they make with phosphoric acid. Got it. That will skew your pH and your conductivity. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's they're high in salt. And, and they use phosphoric acid, which is really potent. So that's why the hydroponic industry like is using our product because yeah. we don't affect the conductivity or the pH. And matter of fact, it has a buffering and chelating effect. So if you have a suboptimum nutrient content in your hydroponics, the fulvic acid can make up for that. By, so chelating you know, means it allows uptake of nutrients. Is that correct? Well, it doesn't mean that. It means that it, it keeps uh, like the various minerals from from combining. Oh, it keeps them absorbable. Got it. Yeah. And Got it. Yeah. So that's what chelation is. And they, they make uh, a lot of chelated trace elements with fulvic mm -hmm. acid. Uh, and, and so it has that buffering chelation effect. I mean, nature knows how to, you know, is what works. And this is nature's way of mm -hmm. making it work. That's the natural environment. Uh, it contains... Or, soluble organic carbon and without our help for millions of years it was fine see yeah i've got a question for you they used to do better than they do now so yeah i have a question for you so your average hobbyist like that's here a lot of the folks that are in my streams and view my channel have a lot of aquariums and it would cost a lot for them to keep um fulvic acid at, at the recommended concentration. Um, there's a, a, a viewer named Sean right here saying that would cost me like 200 bucks a week. Um, so it might price out a lot of people. So that's why well, uh, that was the case for me. That's why that, I started that, adding it to food. You know, if you're a large scale producer, just like the hydroponic people we do, just imagine what somebody with acres of greenhouses, how much they use. Okay. Right. Well, they're not buying it from Amazon. Quartz. I mean, <laughs> in other words, you'd buy it from a commercial distributor or, or, uh, or directly from us. Uh, okay. if, if you're going to use quantity. because So if we did want to do that, do you on. have a minimum? Um, like say, so folks with fish rooms like me are going to want to do that. Um, just because cost prohibitive otherwise, just like it would be for an aquaponics or hydroponics place or whatever. Um, so is there a minimum to create an account with you or how does, how does that work? Well, okay. You know, you have a transportation issue. Okay. So our distributors, which are hydro farm and Hawthorne gardening have warehouses around the country, like in Florida and Michigan so we would need an account with uh, Hydro Farm or what was the other one? Uh, Hawthorne Garden. Do they? Do you have to have a retail store? Are they a wholesaler and you'd have to be like, okay, I'm a retailer and I have a brick and mortar and all that? Or can you just say, I'm a hobbyist, I have a lot of fish and so I need to buy from you? Yeah, well, it's yeah, just like if you're like a backyard gardener or you have a two-grow two light you know, grow operation, Okay, you know, they're going to say, well, okay, your nearest dealer is such and such. Okay. So they're and, more worried about quantity as long as you're buying in quantity. You, 
dealers can sell you 55 gallon drums for 275 gallon totes. See, you know, at a vastly lower price than buying a quart or a gallon. Right. And um, uh, to buy from the distributor, yes, you can. I mean, a commercial producer can buy directly from these distributors. They have a, like a commercial division, you know, that, that, that caters to, uh, well, in this case, it's it's Grosha. It's, uh, you know, big greenhouse operation grow cannabis uh, indoor stuff. So, yeah. So, so if you've got room for it, you could buy like an the, the IBC dealer, tote. The dealers will, will get it for you. You know, or they have it in their store. It's way cheaper. I mean, most you know, you know, the big most of the product we sell goes in, is five gallons. The big majority of what, what we what goes out of the door here is five gallons and two and a half gallon containers. And, and people, can you can you tell us what something like that runs, or does that have to go through the distributor to get that price? Yeah, because it's going to vary with the freight. You know, and where, where okay. it is. No, okay. I, I couldn't. I couldn't say. I just couldn't say. But I okay. can tell you, it's going to be vastly cheaper than what you buy. You know, on on Amazon. A, on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. So if, you, if someone had like one tank or something, because they bring yeah. whole truckloads into a warehouse facility. Got it. Got it. Somewhere now. Now here's so, another challenge. Here's the challenge I have specifically. Um, so I have a, several thousand gallons that I manage. But here's the main thing is that my system's on an automated water change system. So every night, change 30 to 50% of the water, depending on the aquarium. And I don't know how, with that water change, to keep the, um, <laughs> the dosage constant. That's another reason that I go for dosing the food instead. Um, are there systems that that a hobbyist could afford to where if they're doing an auto water change that they could have a dosing pump and, and redose or have you seen things like that or would dosing the food perhaps be the best option in a case like that yeah if you could figure out you know how, how you're going to combine it in the feed i mean that's that's mostly how it's used in in you know in, in livestock production mm -hmm. it's um, blended with the feed or it's added into the drinking water or you know that kind of thing and mm -hmm. and if you could formulate the feed with it then you'd use our dry soluble product you know because that's our feed supplement it's called lithocin and it's used for pets and cows and everything else so that's so, a dry soluble powder so you'd mix that with whatever feed i mean i don't know how the feed you know well, there's yeah. a food called rapashi, and it's pretty interesting. It's it's this gel food. So you boil water, and then you take this dry powder that contains a gel. You put the um, boiled water on the food. You stir it up, and then it cools and it hardens into a gel, and you feed that to your fish. At what temperature would the, um, say, full power get denatured um, if I – because I do do that. My strategy is I add the boiling water, I stir it until it cools enough that it's about to solidify, and then I put in the fulvic, the full power, and stir it in, and then it gels a little bit after that. But I don't know yeah. if yeah, I'm denaturing it or not. No, if you if you went up to 200 degrees centigrade, but you're not near there. Oh, okay. So even at the boiling point, it's not going to get denatured. 
No, I mean, we like to keep it below 180 degrees, but yeah. Yeah, but for a brief period for right. mixing with food. Oh, great. That makes me feel better because I've been doing that for a while. So, Sean, that might be a solution um, if dosing the water column is just cost prohibitive and you don't have room in your apartment or whatever to buy an IBC tote or a five, you know, whatever. Um, dosing the food might be the way to go. And your food dosing product is called what? Well, lithocin, lithocin, lithocin is Latin, L-I-T-H-I-C-I-N. It means antibiotic rock, rock, lithocin, rock, antibiotic. Okay, so we we sell that on our on our health supplement website, Um, and um, so that's that's also an option. We use that product now. The grow shops sell all this stuff. You know, they have our soluble powder product. They have the one with kelp that we produce. They have uh, the full power. And I think I'm going to introduce one for. I'm going to get more into this fish part of it. Probably introduce a, a label and a product for for fish sold through aquarium stores. Is what I'm thinking. It's um, you know, it's a part of the. I only st- I stumbled across it. Um, I started reading some scientific papers and stuff, and I stumbled across it. I don't think it's generally known in the fish hobby. I've never heard it talked about, honestly. Um, so I think anything you could do to educate people. I've Again, anecdotally, I've noticed a difference. And as part of my regime is I bring in – I import lots of fish. And some of them are very delicate species – they have a reputation for being super difficult to keep. And I don't know if this is how much of my success is attributed to fulvic acid, but it's something that I feel more comfortable doing. That's for sure. Well, that, that goes across the board, you know, whether you're a pig grower in Nebraska or you are, you know, a hydroponic grower, this is why they buy our product. It's uh, yeah. it's kind of like insurance policy in a way, but more than that. In other words, I mean, we've done trials, government trials in Holland where they, where they had two control groups of baby pigs. In one group, they gave antibiotics. The other group, they gave our product. And mm-hmm. the, the pigs in our, that used our product did not have any disease issues. And they gained 14% better feed conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, it's across the board, really. I mean. Uh, we, we sell it in Ecuador to big aquaculture operations like shrimp, shrimp um, operations, um, mainly shrimp, actually, because they have well, so much disease problems. Yeah, yeah if, it, if it affects mitochondria, then it's going to affect pretty much anything that's alive, almost everything. Um, I have one more question for you. We're getting to time here. This is from Jay Jr. He's asking, what PPM do you know? If there's a PPM, which it would be toxic to fish, is your one part to one to 200 parts water, is that way under the toxic level? Um, he's worried about if he uses it, it, it kind of creeping up gradually in his aquarium and becoming toxic. Well, for one thing, there's no known toxic level. Uh, okay. Because you know, it's a natural constituent of food, soil, water. Uh it's, it's exempt from EPA tolerance, which means there's no too much. You know, you can add to feed, fertilizer, trade on plants, whatever. There's no too much. No, it's not. There's not a toxic level. Now, okay. if you drink pure fulvic acid, you go drink a quart 
you're good. You know, your head will start to spin. You'll kind of feel kind of good. All right, let's you test know. this. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's, not, it's not toxic. It's just not toxic. It's yeah. pervasive on earth, you know. But, I mean, it'd be stupid to use excessive amount, you know, to the amount that we're, it would get negative, let's say. I don't use the word toxic because it's not accurate. Right. Toxic means it kills something. Right. No, right, yeah. you get to a point where it doesn't do any more good, you know, and then the benefits start to taper off. Yeah. But I mean, that's a very high level. Okay. So, so, so raw, that creep raw, isn't something raw. that we necessarily need to worry about if we're using that one to 100 to 200 part dosage. Yeah. I mean, you, if you kept five to 15 ppm in there all the time, you'd be good. Okay. You know, okay. so. Of course, we can't uh, test that. So <laughs> that's let, hard let, to let do. caveat on that. Okay. Now, our product has been tested for salmonella, E. coli, heavy metals like cadmium, mercury, arsenic, all that has been tested are not like that. Okay. Right. Gonna, correct. There's going to be products out there high in cadmium, arsenic. That's common. Lead, very well, I, I've tried. I've tried the other. I've tried the other products, and there's a reason I landed on your product and stuck with yeah. it. I'm I'm sold. You, you don't have to sell me. Well, I, I just want to make people don't expose themselves to heavy metals. It's, right, it's, a, it's, it's a deadly to fish. Yeah. Okay, um, I lied. I do have one more quick question for you, which is: How does it ever expire? Well. People ask me that, you know, a lot, you know, and of course we do shelf trials and all that. And bottom line is, it's already 18,000 years old. I love it. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the um, geological age. But it does oxidize, right? So if I have this bottle, can I use it a year later after I've opened it and be fine? Or keep it tight. You keep it in the dark because you know people will open it. Uh, you know, it has a nice yellow color, and maybe they open it and then they leave it maybe where it's exposed to the light, and now you get some algae growing around the water line and oh, okay. inside the bottle. Mm -hmm. Because it stimulates plant growth. So algae yeah. spores yeah. get in there. They can't grow in the product because it's too acidic. But they'll grow in the water line, the condensation mm -hmm. above the product in, in the container. So you'll grow algae and people will freak out. They say, oh, I see this stuff. You know, and the algae falls in. Uh, and then you get some black stuff at the bottom. And people are all worried about that. It's, it's just doing its job. It's growing a plant. Yeah. Algae is yeah. a plant. You know, yeah. just keep it tightly capped, keep it in the dark. Actually, we sell it in black containers, so the light doesn't get too Right, you know? right. I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why well, it, it's so good at growing plants that it wants to grow, you know, algae and anything, you know, so, yeah. Hey. It, it's pure when you open, before you open it, and it's not happening until you open it, and, you know. Correct, and, correct, I hear you. And the dust gets in there but it's not a problem if that happens no, yeah it just you know, it just looks gross mm -hmm. it's the problem yeah well we're pretty used yeah. to algae in the aquarium hobby that's that, not going to scare us away worried. if it did if it didn't grow algae i'd be worried in in no chevy fish is asking does it need to be refrigerated i just keep mine in the fish room at room temperature 
Um, yeah, in general, yeah. I mean, I don't you said under 180 degrees, right, for storage? Yeah, yeah. Like for human consumption, I keep mine that I take every day. I keep it in the refrigerator. Oh, but, okay. Uh, Got it. The, the other stuff, the agricultural grade, we don't. Okay. Uh, so, so it couldn't hurt Chevy fish, but it might not be necessary, I guess, would be the answer about refrigeration. Um, yeah. I all right. Well, Dr. Faust, you can, you can even freeze. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Oh, really? It can freeze and thaw and it's fine? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, that's okay, good to know. Like, let's say you leave it in a real hot environment, like in a hot garage or in the tropics or something like that. Okay. Then you open the jug. You know what a swamp smells like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I call the smell swampy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, there's microbes in there and well, like I say, I mean, this stuff is derived from muck, you know, from decomposing peat, organic matter. So, yeah, it, 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 it will get swampy. Yeah. It'll get a swampy smell. So, Well, Dr. Uh, Faust, we've reached the limit of our time. Um, if you could just hang on the line there, I'm going to do the giveaway, close this out, and then um, pop back over so you and I can close out. Can you just hang on for a second? Sure. You bet. All right. Hey, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it, Dr. Faust. And thanks to my mods. Thanks to everyone that super chatted. Sorry we didn't answer lots of questions or jump all over things like we usually do. But um, I was trying to keep it uh, on on point. Um, let me do something here. I've got to pull up a new screen. Just a moment. There we are. Okay. So... And then I've got to pull up another screen. Okay, that I think will do it. So I'd like to thank everyone that super chatted. Um, now that we're at the end, Petsotics, thank you so much. Just for being Dan. Thanks for the two bucks, Petsotics. 307 Wyoming, thank you so much. Oh, your fish are doing good, Sheila. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear they're doing well for you. Ty Hunsicker, this is freaking awesome. Thanks, Ty. I agree. Um, Moonstone, so cool. Thank you, Dance Fish. You're welcome. And I know it's probably not for everybody, but I thought it was pretty cool too. Um, let's see here. And then I can see um, Ty Hunsaker again. That's why leaves decaying, decaying leaves benefit shrimps so well. Yeah, they release substances, humic substances. And uh, so I run into this. So look at this, folks. I can see Ty's super chat down here, right? And I can see up to Petsotics, but it won't let me scroll down to see what's under there. So anyone that scrolled after that super chatted after Ty, I'm real sorry. I, I can't I I can't see it, so I can't acknowledge you. But thank you so much, whoever you were. Um, I wish I could see him and acknowledge you by name, but the system. It just doesn't let me do that. And I'm not sure why. Um, thanks everyone with comments and questions. And again, I know this was a different one, but this is an important topic to me. A fulvic acids helped me a lot in my fish keeping. And I just wanted to share this with you. So for everyone that this was a little uh, focused for a little too, <laughs> too scientific for or whatever, we'll be back with our normal stuff next Wednesday at 7 PM. But hopefully this helped you as much as me. I learned a lot and I'm going to be a better fish keeper for uh, Dr. Faust coming and sharing with me. So I liked it. Anyway, let's give away a, uh, a puffer. So the winner of the Amazon puffer is 
Matt Lawrence. Matt, if you're here, you've got a minute to respond. Tell us you're here. And um, then I will send you an Amazon puffer for free. So let's see if Matt is here. I normally don't give away puffers, but I had one left. And I was like, what will get a lot of people here? Because I wanted a good turnout for Dr. Faust. And I figured an Amazon puffer ought to do it. So <laughs> no drum roll, no Neurospecus. I, I'm still working on the perfect drum roll. Haven't quite got it yet. I've had a few folks help and send some drum roll tracks. And I, I thank you guys that did that. But we haven't found the right one yet. He's not here. And it's been almost a minute. We'll give him a few more seconds, Punchy Paints. And then we'll, we'll draw again. Because Matt Lawrence, if you're here, you've got a few seconds and uh, we are done. So we'll roll again. Sorry, Matt. The winner is Aquanoob. Aquanoob, if you're here, then you just won an Amazon puffer. If you want it, chime in so we know you're here. Let us know and we'll take care of you. River Life, I'm here. <laughs> Aquanoob, are you out there? We might cut the response time down to 30 seconds. <laughs> Aquanoob is here. All right, Aquanoob, congratulations. You've won an Amazon puffer. If you send me an email, dan at dansfish.com uh, with your first name, last name, and mailing address, then I will send that out to you Monday. Faded, oh, fade wood, Aqua. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks so much for the super chat. I appreciate that. That's Terrence. Terrence's other channel must be faded fade wood aqua hey terrence um all right that's it let's all go to punchy paints live stream that will start in about 20 minutes until then or until next wednesday at 7 p.m when we do this again i hope you have a good one i'll see you then thanks everybody <laughs>